0: What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Johnners. This is episode 80. Yes, we've reached a milestone of uh, 80 episodes um, and uh, today we uh, follow our usual format of covering this week's NXT, AEW Dynamite, uh, but it's a special episode because we're also going to be covering this weekend. So we've got two big wrestling cars two big wrestling shows uh, coming uh, from the WWE, you could say, over the weekend. On Saturday, we've got NXT TakeOver War Games and then on Sunday, we've got WWE Survivor Series. So we'll be having a look at uh, those two cars with my guest host very very soon laying down our predictions talking about uh, some of the key matches there and what uh, is going to be getting our juices flowing over the weekends um, but uh, first just to throw out our social media plugs so you know where to find us and say hi if you want to on twitter of course our twitter handle is at with underscore pod that's at withjohnners on underscore pod we're on Instagram as well you can find us there instagram.com forward slash wrestling with Jonas, and go out and search our uh, ever popular fun friendly and interactive Facebook community page just search wrestling with johnners on Facebook and that's johnners spelt j-o-h-n-e-r-s and of course if you enjoy listening to this podcast please don't forget to hit subscribe so that you can be notified every time a new episode drops uh, you can find the wrestling with johnners podcast on all popular podcast platforms including Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, podbean and youtube and so many more so please spread the word uh give us a follow on all of our social media pages and subscribe to our podcast and youtube channels today and help to get even more people listening to the best kept secret in the world of uh, wrestling podcasting, the wrestling with Jonas podcast you know it makes sense so uh, on to my uh, special guest host so uh, a, a week or so ago maybe a couple of weeks ago i threw out a post on our social media pages asking for uh, new contributors and new guest hosts co-hosts for the wrestling with Jonas podcast and uh, this gentleman uh, kind of uh, threw us a message back and said yep i'm interested i uh, got a bit of a background in, in something similar to what you do and would love to get involved and and uh, that gentleman is by the name of Stephen Armstrong. So, Stephen, great to have you on board on the Wrestling with jonas podcast. How are you on this fine evening, sir?
1: I'm absolutely fantastic, Jono. And, uh, Jono. and it was great to be on uh, the 80th episode. Um, yes. And, um, it's
0: nice to be uh,
1: chatting wrestling with somebody who loves it just as much as I do.
0: Oh, fantastic! It's great to have you on board. So, Stephen, uh, we've been kind of messaging backwards and forwards over the last couple of weeks, and it's, it's yeah. clear that you've got a passion for wrestling. It's clear that you've uh, got the bug. Uh, but I'm interested to know, and, and one question I like to ask all my kind of guest hosts when they first come on board is: is when did you first kind of have that that wrestling bug? When did it first bite you? When when did you first come across professional wrestling, and when did it kind of hook you in, there, Stephen?
1: well um my first memories are probably is a a very small uh child playing mini rugby used to come home on a saturday and watch uh the um the wrestling so um when Davey boy smith was a mere slip of a young man and uh
0: world of sports eh
1: yeah 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 and and, uh dave finley had his uh He's a strange uh, Native American uh, valet and Kendo Nagasaki and stuff. And then I kind of (laughs) drifted out of it and then came back in in the late 80s when WCW, uh, or NWA as it was then, was on at like three o'clock in the morning. So kind of the Four Horsemen and um, Surfer Sting and uh, Art Bar when he was the juicer. Uh, The the very... um, very. I don't know whether you could get away with such a rip-off of Beetlejuice right now, but um, but yeah, that was when I kind of got into it, uh, and then just uh, flew from there. To be honest with you, John. Mm,
0: yeah. And uh, what sort of wrestling do you like to watch nowadays? In Stephen, I mean, you you quite quite an active uh, viewer and follower of wrestling groups uh, in your neck of the woods. Tell us a little bit about some of the groups that you follow and watch, uh, and uh, yeah, some of the wrestling you enjoy watching nowadays. In Stephen.
1: Well, I mean, I. I I'm, at the moment, I have been 100% bitten by the the AEW uh, bug. Um, I, I love AEW, but um, my the ones I tend to go and see is I, I watch, I try and go and watch Future Shock uh, progress when it comes to Manchester because I'm I'm based in Manchester. Um, but uh, lots and lots of like title wrestling, um, uh, WXW in Germany, any kind of anything I can get my um, my eyes on and. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to in January for the first time going to the uh, Frog and Bucket in Manchester to watch Schadenfreude and Friends, um, which I'm told is a a very, uh, very, very good uh, evening. So I'm looking for that as well, which might be a little bit different.
0: Ah, now tickets went on sale earlier on in the week for NXT UK's Takeover Blackpool Two. Uh, mm. Does that take you interest? Did you uh, have any interest in getting tickets for that show, which happens on January the twelfth, I believe? Uh, Would you were kind of uh, tempted to get a ticket for that show then, Stephen?
1: Uh, I, I was, I was very tempted, but uh, I just missed out, John. But I am. Um, I will be watching it, and uh, if if needs be, because because uh, I'm based up in the the northwest of England, I, I, I may find myself on my way to Blackpool just to see if there are any, uh, uh, you know, uh, tickets to be uh, purchased <laughs> who, can't, uh, who can't attend purely in a, a, an above-board legal uh, way, John. Of course, but, um, of course, yeah, of course.
0: so yeah. I, I wouldn't suggest anything else, but uh, yeah. if you do uh, manage to make your way to Blackpool, I very much look forward to uh, meeting with you there, but it uh, yeah. should be a hell of a show, and uh, the matches that have leaked out from the tapings from last weekend certainly look very, very fascinating. I can't wait to talk more about those matches in the coming weeks uh, leading up to Blackpool too. Um, so, uh, as I alluded to at the beginning of the episode you you kind of have a uh, a similar background to me I, I do podcasting and you don't do podcasting but you you're involved in a, a wrestling radio show so tell us a little bit about that uh, who it's for what sort of uh, wrestling banter you have on there uh, give our uh, listeners a little bit of a, a heads up about what you do regarding this radio show
1: Yeah, well, um, my radio show uh, is called Fab Talk Wrestling. It's on uh, Fab Radio International. It's on a hiatus at the moment while we're waiting for the new year to arrive, and we'll be moving to Saturdays at at 2 2 p.m., 2 till 3 every Saturday. And we cover uh, most of the major uh, federations, uh, the WWE, uh, AEW, Impact, uh, NWA. um, But we tend to also focus and get a lot of... UK wrestlers in um, from local federations, Future Shock, as I've previously mentioned. I work with a a federation called Pinfall, who are based in Salford. They've just come off the back of a a summer season at Gulliver's World in Warrington, so kind of getting back to the old, um, you know, the old wrestling tropes of uh, doing the holiday camps, having two shows a day and stuff. So they've moved now while the uh, camps are Closed back to uh, Salford. Uh, we're based at Salford Lifestyle Centre in uh, Salford, and they do shows every month. Uh, last month we had a uh, we had a an incident where one of our one of our high-profile um, former tag team champions, Buzzkill, was thrown off a uh throw th- took a a, a three st- well a three story that makes it sound like he's Superman but um he, he took a a, a a bump off uh, off some hornings and um he's coming back Isaiah Quinn the leader of the following as um as uh is is looking to get his his revenge for that as well so it's it just we just and we just love wrestling so if you like wrestling and if anybody listening likes wrestling then just listening in to uh, Fab Talk Wrestling on Fab Radio International in the New Year every Saturday from 2 till 3 with me and uh, a few guests uh, and a few surprise guests as well, perhaps, John.
0: Awesome, and I'm uh, happy to kind of uh, promote that on our social media pages when it gets a bit closer to the date then, Stephen. But uh, um, on on a similar note, you also do uh, a fair bit of commentating as well, so I understand that you do uh, commentating for a local wrestling group up near you. So uh, tell us a little bit about that as well and how long you've been doing it for.
1: I've been doing that for about uh, nine months, and it's for the uh, for the federation pinfall that I mentioned previously. Myself and my commentator Tom stayed uh, work with that. We've been doing it about, uh, as I said, about nine months. They did have a, a Facebook uh, show where we were on there, and uh, we're also there's also been a uh, talk of, of perhaps doing a few um, podcasts with some of the wrestlers about. Um, Topics within uh, wrestling, so that's something that I hopefully work working with with uh, Pinfall Wrestling. But yeah, if uh, you check it out uh, Pinfall on uh, Facebook, or uh, uh, you can check out my Twitter at, at fab talk wrestling or at the Comedy Hobbit um, for me personally, uh, and uh, you'll find details on there. John and anybody who's listening will more than happy to come along, and uh, all, uh, all, uh, all, ages, all, uh, all 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 ages, all everybody's just welcome along for a good healthy, uh, family-friendly afternoon of wrestling at pinfall.
0: Oh, you can't beat it! I, I love them uh, Saturday afternoons uh, watching wrestling. But uh, thank you very much for giving us a little bit of insight in, into your wrestling uh, fandom, your passion for wrestling, and your kind of activity within as well. So that's absolutely fantastic. So you mentioned earlier then, Stephen, that you uh, you've really been sucked in by AEW and uh, all it has to offer uh, with its various shows, including um, AEW Dynamite. What what kind of drew you in? What what fascinated you towards AEW in the first place? What uh, what kind of really hooked you about this group in particular?
1: Well, I, I just, I think it's always nice to have something slightly different. Um, it, it's, I think that they've the excitement of sort of the the, the wrestling pedigree of you, of people like Cody and the Young Bucks and, uh, and Kenny Omega and John Moxley, uh, but with the financial power of the, the Khan's Behind them, it, it just it excites me. It's something new. It's it's sort of exciting. It's in a way, it's it's kind of reminiscent a little bit, not not exactly, but of the the NWA uh, NWO. Sorry, sort of the, this new. It's just a new style. And I think as the WWE have moved away from the more attitude era or or kind of you know harder style. Um, yeah. I think AEW have taken advantage of that, that that gap in the market and when you look at the the freedom that, that John Moxley has um it in his character it just seems to fit better and it's it, it's kind of reminiscent of the old CCW um ages and and I mean I've always been a, a Chris Jericho Mark and he just Deals with it, and they just seem to be presenting wrestling in a way that I connect with, in a way that maybe WWE are moving away from uh, at the moment and are becoming more sports entertainment. And AEW seem to have pulled that back, and and it just kind of you can see that Dusty Rhodes, Rhodes family kind of thing running through it, and it just really kind of reignite reignited it. And certainly, some a lot of my friends as well feel the same way that it's just a new a new edge. Uh, uh,
0: situation. It's fresh and it's exciting and like you say, it it is very reminiscent of like I say, possibly you know, going back to the WCW days uh, mm. where there was that alternative and where they're more kind of sports-based or more wrestling-based. Um, and, and Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's been some uh, uh, fun and uh, light-hearted, uh, fun segments and promos and uh, comedy bits on AEW, but then you need that on all wrestling shows. And uh, I mean, going back to what you said about Chris Jericho, um, I, I, I was never the biggest Chris Jericho mark, um, but I, I've absolutely fallen in love with the, the latest incarnation of Chris Jericho. Jericho and uh, Le Champion and uh, the, the new AEW World Champion and everything that he has to offer for AEW. And I think he's uh, him along with John Moxley, I think they are the two biggest stars on that brand and then Cody just underneath as well but I think that uh, those two with, with name recognition and uh, the experience and the credibility that they bring to that group is, is really uh, interesting to watch I've got you know to be slightly objective I do think that um, their roster will grow over time but I think because they've got quite a quite a a tight uh, roster at the moment. A lot of the matches seem to be quite repetitive week on week or maybe, uh, you know, pay-per-view on pay-per-view. But, uh, I mean, would you disagree with that sentiment? Or, um, I mean, the the matches do seem to be, you know, quite similar week on week. But uh, what would you say towards my point there?
1: Well, I think, yeah, I think the the difficulty is that with AEW, you have kind of the existing, kind of the elite uh, sort of people, the people who've come in from maybe New Japan... And they are really, I think they've not, not yet, I think, made a, a star. Um, but I think the the crowd are kind of fo- you know following on. Like if you look at how Luchasaurus and and you know Jurassic Express themselves have have have, have gone over. I think that you know, in there you have people that you wouldn't see in in other federations. So you know, I'm, I I dread to think what what Vince would do to Orange Cassidy because you know he, he uh, It's just I've never seen Orange Cassidy before AEW, and and when I first saw him, I thought, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to like this because this is. This is everything that, that people who don't like wrestling and point and go. You, you, you do know it's it's fixed, don't you, and all that kind of stuff. This is what people that will get out. And then the more I watch it, the more I just think I just can't get enough of 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 Orange Cassidy, Marco <laughs> Stun, Jungle Boy. But I think they they do like you say, John. You know they they at the moment they have that name recognition, and and it does seem to be going round and round in circles. But I think one thing if you look at at AEW you know I mean a tag team like Private Party have, have come in and have already now got wins over both the Young Bucks and Santino and Ortiz yeah. uh, you, you know they, they, they're they trying to do that but but yeah I think they may be a little bit caught between the two posts now of if they if they just kept putting their their kind of up and coming on the stars they think going to be big on there people might say well you, you, you don't really have that that Name recognition, and I think this week, especially with this week being the first week that NXT outscored AEW, and it was the week on NXT when you had Raw and SmackDown people in there. I, I think AEW have to go out with these named wrestlers to try and get their name out there, and then you know, I, you know, coming through without that. But but yeah, it's a fair point that at the moment they are very repetitive. You're having matches on Dynamite that have been on. Uh, uh, AEW Dark previous weeks, so, or you know, you've yeah. got is it next week we've got the third Omega pack match?
0: Correct, uh, so, yeah, know. yeah, and uh, like I say, I mean, you know, we, we say that the roster is not that deep, but then you only have to look at the uh, was it the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal, and there are some names there that don't get featured as often. But uh, I mean, one thing that I'm really enjoying about AEW at the moment is they are. They are trying to create their own stars, and they're not just trying, they're succeeding. I mean, if you look at the success that MJF is having, and now he's one of the hottest heels in the business after attacking Cody at their last pay per view, you've got Luchasaurus, and uh, we've barely seen him on Dynamite. And in fact, uh, you know, in, in my show notes here, I alluded to the fact that this is possibly the first episode of Dynamite that we've seen Luchasaurus on, but it, he's going to be a huge star. He's a, he's a fantastic talent, got such a unique look and such a unique character, but boy, can he go. He can really kick ass. Now, I think he's going to be a you know a future champion. Um, you look at Jungle Boy; he's got a great following already, and and, and others, Orange Cassidy, and uh, Private Party. I mean, they they've gone from uh, newcomers where nobody really knew who they were uh, to beating the Bucks and beating the uh, Lucha Bros. So that uh, they they certainly are doing a, a tremendous job as far as promoting and creating these new stars, um, and uh, as, as well as you know trying to. Uh, uh, mix them in with the established stars like the Moxley's and the Cody's and the Jericho's. But, uh, and they you know, th- the way they're promoting tag team wrestling is, is second to none as well. But uh, I t- let, let's get stuck into this week's episode of Dynamite then and break it down. And uh, we we'll, we'll kind of figure it out as we go along. But the first match, and this is kind of a this is a pairing that we've seen quite a lot in the past but usually uh, they're with their respective tag, uh, tag teams now it's Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix and obviously Matt Jackson uh, got uh, badly beaten down by uh, Santana and Ortiz on last week's Dynamite um, and now he's out of action for a little while but here uh, in a bit of a dream match of sorts uh, Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix so there was some excellent high flying action from both of these two as you would expect uh, Nick Jackson misses a, a huge cent on from the top turnbuckle followed uh, Shortly after, with a, with a cutter on the floor to uh, to Phoenix, so that was a pretty good move there. Uh, Phoenix finds nothing but fresh air um, after he tries his, his uh, tightrope walk, like he tends to do. Uh, with Nick getting a two count from a running bulldog, uh, Nick gets another nail biting close near a fall from an awesome uh, top rope Hurricane Rana. Uh, both wrestlers exchange uh, super kicks, and uh, that was to the loud approval of fans. Ray Phoenix uh, gives us some more rope walking this time, successfully connecting with a Hurricane Rana. Uh, sending Nick Jackson uh, to the outside before getting a close near fall from a rolling cutter. Both wrestlers uh, fight it out on the ring apron uh, before Nick Jackson nails Phoenix with a German suplex on the ring apron. And Nick Jackson delivers a, a slingshot face buster and a slingshot destroyer for another close near fall before uh, rolling through with a scorpion deathlock. so uh, so some really fast paced action between these two the end of the match comes when Ray Phoenix hoists Nick Jackson uh, up for like a muscle buster or a Mexican muscle buster as they uh, described it for the pin fall victory so a win there for Ray Phoenix so I enjoyed this match and although I'm not the biggest fans of uh, a fan of the young bucks um, and I'll tell you why in a moment this, this match was 100 miles per hour um, you know I, I, I think with Matt Jackson Jackson being out the picture for the time being, I think he's going to go on a bit of a, a vendetta against Santana and Ortiz over the next few weeks to uh, get some uh, revenge uh, on his brother's attackers. Uh, but um, the reason why I'm not big fans of the, of the Young Bucks is I, I think that um, they're great at what they do but I think that they they could get better at slowing their matches down and maybe telling a bit more of a story instead of move 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 and I think that that's a common criticism of the Young Bucks Um, and the same could be uh, labelled towards the Lucha Bros to a certain degree as well but I think that they've got a bit more character, they do have a little bit more uh, fan interaction or a bit more um, I don't know, a little bit more to them in terms of their character and a bit more towards their sallying as well but uh, it was a really good match, Uh, it was fine paced It's exactly what you'd expect from these two, and uh, yeah, good to see kind of Nick Jackson still uh, throwing his hat into the ring in singles competition with his brother out at the moment. But uh, uh, Stephen, tell us what you thought of this opener, buddy.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it, it was like you say, I think the the thing that that sticks in my mind, the the three points that you raised there, John, were the um, the exchanging of the the super kicks when uh, Nick Jackson delivered a super kick and, and Ray Phoenix just kind of did his kip up. Did a, a delivered a super kick of his own and then fell back down. And I I, I agree with you, Johnny. I'm I'm a I mean I, I love the, the love the the high flying stuff. The as much as the next guy. My, my favorite wrestler of all time and growing up was Brian Pillman. So I appreciate both the flying Brian and the, the loose cannon aspect. But I do agree that sometimes the youngs Bucks matches can be very very fast and what I what I enjoy in a match is I don't mind and I I like the the quick exchanges of moves, but then it allows the crowd to kind of catch their breath as they're recovering. Um, I think that it was beautifully worked through the match. Nick Jackson both always going back to his shin there was a a a time when they went for super kicks and i think ray phoenix just caught nick jackson in in his shin and it looked uh, immensely painful and he sold it all through the match but also working and 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 not just because i'm a a commentator as well but i love the kind of the way that both the commentary and the action work together in that the commentary kept on talking about how nick jackson this is the first time in some years that he'd for a singles match and he he did there were a couple of occasions where ray phoenix managed to get the upper hand by nick jackson almost looking for the for the tag so they they worked that together and i think for a match where i don't think either of them came out looking weak they they both came out looking strong and it it really did like you say it it led you to really kind of be excited for what was going to happen next and, and i think that that yeah if nick jackson can can um move forward while matt's matt's out then um yeah maybe we could see uh, a, a singles push for for nick but um but yeah ray phoenix and and then obviously later we'll talk about it, the uh, the battle royal when uh, pentagon was in there but um but yeah i i am um, i'm a big fan of uh, of everybody involved you know in both of those uh, those uh, tag matches and tag teams but but yeah the, the books are not really something that I've ever really got fully behind, but it was a really good match, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm yet to be fully sold on the Young Bucks, and I I want to like them. I do want to like them. I just need to be uh, fully sold that extra that extra inch or so. But uh, and I've got a lot of a uh, lot of followers and a lot of co-hosts and guest hosts that are massive fans of the Young Bucks, but. Um, I think if they just, like you say, there was a bit of selling in this week's match. You know, he sold his, his, his leg injury, his shin injury. Uh, but if he just slowed down and, you know, because sometimes you think, well, you know, could it be a little bit more realistic if they just you know, paused a bit more between moves instead of going through a really big, really devastating, uh, high-flying move, um, only to follow up with another really big, devastating, high-flying move? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> um, it, there needs to be a little bit bit, bit more of a balance, I think, between uh, big moves and kind of pace and selling. But uh, that's just a personal gripe on my behalf anyway. <laughs> but um, moving on to the next match, then and Steven. It was Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, of course, versus uh, Hak- 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 Hakiru Shida. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, but this was a uh, number one contender for the Women's Championship versus number two for the AEW Women's Championship. So you got really top draw talent here going up against one another, and that's one thing that they do quite a lot on Dynamite. Is they do bring out their uh, their best talents to uh, put them in front of a live audience, and uh, yeah, pretty much every week when we see a women's match in AEW, it's kind of uh, top caliber, kind of number one contenders match or AEW Women's Championship matches. So they really do uh, want to promote the, the women's talent, and they've got such a, a really good was- a roster of fantastic female talent in AEW. Um, but uh, this match quickly escalated into a really Really tough quite a hard hitting wrestling match with Britt baker bleeding from the nose um, in the first few minutes uh, from a strike from shida she even collects a chair from underneath the ring not to use but to use as a bit of a launching pad uh, to deliver a running knee to the chest of uh, baker on the outside uh, baker hits shida with a sling blade and a pump handle face buster for a two count baker gets another close near fall from a pendulum ddt uh hikiri gets Gets a close near fall from a a poke to the eye and a roll up for a close near fall before getting the pinfall from a devastating running knee strike uh, for the one, two, three. So this was a a really enjoyable match and Personally, I I kind of enjoyed this match a bit more than the first one, possibly because it was a bit more hard hitting. It was slower paced. It told a bit more of a story, in my opinion. Um, But, uh, you know, I think the added blood uh, from the nose of of, uh, Britt Bacon, it was obviously... um, you know, a, 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 an unfortunate knock that she took to the nose, which caused the nose bleed. But it adds a little bit uh, to the drama and to the reality of the match. So it was like when there's a little bit of blood involved, whether it's uh, planned or not planned. But this was quite a hard hitting match. They, they certainly laid in their punches, didn't hold anything back. Um, I did enjoy this match, but what about it itself, buddy?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I Again, I thought it was a really good quality match. And, uh, you know, it, it did, as you say, escalate. Very, very much, and it seems to be um, recently that that that's that's a, a, a feature of quite a lot of the most recent matches, not just in AEW. That you know you are getting um, some real hard hitting moves um, from some fantastic performers. Uh, you know, Britt Baker is, is a, a great performer, and uh, Shida, a, a, again a, another great uh, another great performance. And and like you say, I think AEW. When you mentioned as well the the, the number one two uh, rankings, I'm from the age when you still had those those rankings. You know the the top ten contenders, and it has that sports element to it. I know they're resetting yeah. them, but it just yeah, it, it's it's and it's good to see two performers just go out there and and really take it to each other and 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 again showing exactly how high quality. Uh, the wrestling is amongst not just the the male performers but also the female performers not just on AEW but on on many many federations you know female wrestling and wrestling itself is um, is uh, really I think having a, a real um, sort of paramount and and, and peak of, of, um, of good quality uh, all around.
0: Well absolutely I mean we've celebrated uh, women's wrestling and, and uh high-quality, high-caliber women's uh, wrestling matches on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for, for a long time now. But you've only got to look outside of AEW and WWE and, and look at Impact, for example, and what they're doing with Tessa Blanchard. And uh, she's now the new number one contender to uh, Sammy Callahan's World Championship when they, they fight, um, I think, January the 5th, if I'm not mistaken, or somewhere around then, no, or January the 5th or January the 6th. Probably mm-hmm. the 5th, because that's uh, that the, the would be the Sunday of that weekend. Um, so, you know, it, it's becoming... Not just uh, on the card, but it's becoming you know the main event in many promotions. But what's your thoughts on on kind of this match in particular with regards to Akira H- Shida winning the match and now presumably becoming the new number one contender, but also another loss for Britt Breaker. I mean she, she lost the match to uh, Rihu, the uh, world champion of course, a few weeks back on Dynamite. Another loss here to Shida. Uh, what do you where do you think kind of the, the road will lead for both of these two competitors as far as uh, their, their their future within aw and uh, towards the aw world championship well i think i think
1: that it, it'll be very interesting to see how they deal with the the reset um when it comes in but um but i i, I think it kind of plays into the 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 point that you've, you you previously made john is that that because they have only a few kind of or they've only have these few top uh stars uh you've got, you know, Britt Baker, Riho and, and Shida have all fought each other. So you're kind of in that place where they may need to bring somebody new in, whether it is a, a you know, we, we, you've got Nyla Rose, you've got, you know, you've got um Brandy who I don't think is going to be stepping inside the ring, but you've always got sort of, you know, Kong as well. So you've got, yeah. you've got a few other um, people there, but it, it they have got really high quality matches personally if you you know if you put them in a three in a triple threat then then for me that would be that would
0: be amazing. awesome yeah
1: because we've already seen the two you know one on ones and maybe have that as a, a, a three way and they are quite good at, at, at innovating matches and and maybe having these new ones so maybe maybe we're going to see a new format for uh, for for a women's match um, but yeah, it, it's it's good. I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm a big fan of Tessa Blanchard. I'm not as comfortable with. Uh, for me, intergender wrestling is it, it, it's something that I've I struggle with because I've seen I've seen um, <clears throat> I've seen Tessa fight Brian Cage, and that was just it just felt a little bit uncomfortable to watch. So so I have much respect for Tessa Blanchard, and I truly believe she's going to become the first female world champion in there. Uh, Impact, but uh, but but yeah, I, I think um, it's still something that doesn't really sit comfortable with me generally, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, and do you think we'll ever get to the day where we'll see potentially intergender ma- matches, um, on a mainstream way? I mean, possibly in AW or WWE, NXT. Do you think we'll ever do you think with what Tessa's achieving in, in impact and what she's likely to achieve at the next pay per view in January that we'll ever see anything similar, um, on WWE or AEW? I think,
1: I think maybe AEW could could go there, but I think that the, the um, I don't think on WWE you're gonna you're gonna see that um, uh, in there maybe NXT, um, but I, I just don't see it being on the the, the main roster um, just because I, I think they they they're more entertainment. I certainly don't see Fox. Yeah. Ever wanting to to justify it and um, and, and raw, I don't know because you know we, we've got they've got history of, of, of it, but I just uh, I, I don't know. But I certainly think AEW, NXT, Impact, those kinds of those kinds of and, and certainly independent as well because you know not just Tessa Blanchet, but you know Jordan Grace is more yeah. than capable of uh, of uh, dealing with her own um, her own uh, issues, but. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think in WWE now. I think
0: in the other one. Yeah, and, and of course Candice LeRae, who's on NXT, she made a name for herself on the Indies um, as a bit of a, an intergender wrestler, and uh, mm-hmm. she had a, many, a, many a, a good match. Uh, I, I think she partnered quite a bit with Joey Ryan, but she may have also fought Joey Ryan. But she had uh, other kind of uh, good ma- matches out there on the Indies with yeah. uh, with uh, male wrestlers. Uh, but then we get um, we get kind of like a, a recruitment campaign video from the Dark Order, which uh, uh, became apparent towards the end of the, the the video what it was all about uh which showed footage of people uh down on their look looking towards the dark order for their salvation so uh, that, that's quite an interesting video there look forward to seeing what happens there then yeah. we get to the dynamite dozen battle royal then steven so the, 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 the rules of this uh, became apparent on this week's episode where the final two wrestlers left in the battle royal will fight it out on next week's AEW Dynamite with the winner getting uh, a very expensive diamond ring. They, they kept telling us how expensive this ring was, $43,000 um, if you didn't hear it the first time. Uh, but uh, and then I'm assuming, I don't know quite what happens after that, whether they explained beyond that, whether uh, they would then become a contender for the championship or possibly be able to cash in their ring for a title shot like a money in the bank briefcase, but uh, uh, did you read anything more into it than I did, uh, regarding this? This, this, uh, the, the, the rules and uh, kind of the repercussions of uh, whoever wins the match next week? Uh, did, did you get any more than I did, Stephen?
1: Yeah, not really, John. No, I, I, again was very much sort of thought, right, um, yeah, it, it, I'd heard, I, I'd heard, I've listened to, to uh, to, to a lot of uh, opinions, and I'd heard, you know, the the suggestion that it did it did sound very kind of 1980s and very dusty roads kind of like, you know, yeah. you can you can they can win this this 43,000 <laughs> dollar diamond ring that you you general plebs can only dream about, all that kind of stuff. But when you saw who 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 is in the last two. I think it's for me it's quite clear that MJF is going over in that one because I just don't see what Hammond Page would have any use for a for a diamond ring whereas I can see MJF um using it to uh to show how
0: how much better than everybody else oh i bet he'll really be lording it over everybody but yeah. uh, i mean so the participants in this match in there was the uh, dynamite dozen so there was obviously 12 you've got hangman adam page orange cassidy chuck taylor kip sabian Jimmy havoc jungle boy marco stunt pentagon junior sunny kiss joey janela mjf uh, who is of course the biggest heel in the business right now, and Billy Gunn. Uh so uh Billy Gunn who's obviously was, was hired uh when AEW was formed back in uh, January this year as a producer backstage. And uh, I think he's shown up in in I think he was in the, the buy-in battle royal for double or nothing back in May. But here he is uh on uh dynamite uh as part of the uh the the battle royal and he got quite a good reception as he came out and uh certainly demonstrated how much bigger he is or or was than over the rest of the opponents in the ring. But um, the first man eliminated was indeed uh, Pentagon junior after Christopher Daniels uh, was there in a, in a Ray Phoenix mask and uh, distracted uh, Pentagon so that uh, he would get eliminated. The first one to be eliminated. obviously Christopher Daniels and Pentagon have got a beef uh, following the, uh, the attack prior to seu's first round match in the aw tag team tournament uh from a, 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 a wow well, i think it was uh back in week two when they had that Or week three so we're talking a month and a half ago now uh Sunny kissed and gets eliminated by billy gunn before uh, billy gunn gets rid of jimmy havoc and marco stunt jimmy havoc comes back into the ring and uses a staple gun uh, on all the remaining competitors orange cassidy who spent the majority of the match sitting in the corner. He soon gets eliminated. Uh, Joey Janela gets eliminated after a chair shot from out of nowhere by Sean Spears. And Sean Spears wasn't even involved in the match. Uh, Yeah, Orange Cassidy gets eliminated by MJF. Hangman Page eliminates Billy Gunn after a buckshot lariat, leaving the final four down to Kip Sabian, Adam Page, Chuck Taylor and Jungle Boy with a... Kip Sabian eliminated Chuck Taylor and Jungle Boy eliminated Sabian. Uh, But from uh, from underneath the ring, MJF comes out to eliminate Jungle Boy, leaving himself and Hangman Page as the final two competitors who will fight it out for this very expensive uh, ring on next week's Dynamite. So uh, um, I I, I personally, I, I thought I was good. It was good up until close to the ending because the camera work for this match was absolutely shoddy because they actually, in plain view, saw MJF roll into the ring and then roll out of the ring the other side. Uh, whereas had they been a bit more clever with the camera work, they could have disguised that so that when MJF come in to eliminate Jungle Boy, it would have been more of a shock, more of a surprise, uh, would have added to the ending. Um, but uh, yeah, they kind of lost me with, with that, to be honest with you. Hopefully that's a bit of a learning curve for them. But uh, for what it was, I thought the battle was quite entertaining. Um, and uh, gave a little bit more visibility to some of the uh, uh, lesser used wrestlers. It was good to see Billy Gunn back in there. Um, but um, yeah, MJF versus uh, Adam Page next week. So what did you think of the battle royal? And uh, are you looking forward to their uh, encounter to win this very expensive ring next week then?
1: Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to their in- encounter. I think that I, I quite liked the, the, the battle royal. I get what you mean about the the camera work because they they almost kind of missed the reveal of of uh christopher daniels because they they almost had to sort of i think even i think even said you know pentagon's not even he's not noticed yet so it's kind of like and then they then the camera switched and it was like oh it's not ray phoenix it's it's christopher daniels but but again you know that maybe just gives you that that live aspect and the only the other bit that that I I I I wasn't a massive fan of, which was when when everybody set upon Billy Gunn, and then he kind of like like I don't know like Scott Pilgrim or or the Incredible Hulk or the character out of Street Fighter, just kind of like powered up, and everybody was just sent scattering. Um, but but again, it's 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 a it was a, a moment, it was a spot, and and you know, Billy Gunn was over, and he, he you know, fair play to him, <laughs> fair play, but I just think that, that it, it was a nice size of, 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 of battle royal as well, I think, you know, to have 12 people in there, it just kind of, like, did go quite quickly, I did appreciate, yeah, the yeah I agree, get the angles in with Sean Spears of, um, moving Joey Janela, and, um, you know you, you can't have Jimmy Havoc without him driving stables <laughs> he's got to, he's got to do something hardcore um and uh, and he did and and he got out he um certainly um yeah he he was very 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 focused on a certain part of Billy Gunn's anatomy with that <laughs> staple for um fair dudes
0: yeah, no, it was, it was entertaining for what it was anyway. But so we look forward to MJF versus Adam Page. And that will be a fairly fresh matchup. I don't think we've seen that before, certainly not on AEW TV. So, uh, um, yeah, they, they, they've uh, they've put me right straight away and they will be at giving us some fresh matchup uh, a fresh matchup next week. Uh, there's a, a, a really fun segment where we saw uh, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, walking through the backstage area where he comes across the librarian. And then Marco Stunt, uh, Jericho tells Marco Stunt to, to put a shirt on Before he catches a chill, he even asks Marco to show him some ID. That was uh, very amusing. I love it when we see Jericho walking backstage, he always picks on somebody and he always makes us laugh. Um, That's what I love most about Jericho. He's just so natural um, as as a kind of a comedy heel. Uh, Then we get Jericho out to the ring accompanied by Jake Hager as Jericho tells us that he has a huge announcement to make. And after kind of apologizing for his conduct on last week's AEW Dynamite, Jericho announces that there will be a huge celebration for the champion in Chicago on next week's AEW Dynamite next week. That was before the music of SEU starts uh, to signal uh, the arrival of SEU being led down to the ring by uh, Scorpio Sky, of course, who managed to get the pinfall over Chris Jericho in their tag match in the main event uh, between uh, SEU Jericho and Sammy Guevara on last week's main event. Uh, Scorpio Sky came out to remind Jericho that he was the man who pinned him last week, giving him the fir- his first ever loss on AEW. Jericho tells Scorpio Sky that uh, Sky is a tag team specialist and not in the same league as Le Champion, as Jericho challenges Sky to a singles match on next week's episode of Dynamite uh, during uh, Jericho's celebration week, of course. And Jericho even talks himself into giving Sky a championship match. Sky says that uh, he will turn Le Champion into Le Bitch. Uh, so that got a, a, a reaction from the fans. Uh, then we get an all-out brawl between members of the Inner Circle and SCU with Daniel Kansarian getting handcuffed to the ring ropes while Jericho and Jake Hager destroy Scorpio Sky to bring an end to this segment. Also we thought as Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy comes out, only to be flattened by the Inner Circle as well. Um, that was until Lutasaurus uh, comes out to make the save before having an intense stare down with Jake Hager So this was uh, a segment of of many happenings. There was the uh, exchange between Scorpio Sky and Jericho. Uh, Scorpio challenging Jericho, having accepted on next week's uh, match, it turns into a title match. Then we get the all-out brawl. And then we get uh, Luchasaurus come down to save the day. And uh, boy, did he look good in doing so, especially with that stare down with Jake Hager. Um, I'd love to see that match on a future episode of Dynamite. Two big balls going at it. But uh, give us your thoughts on what went down here then. It was uh, comedy. It was uh, a little bit of uh, uh, entertainment and uh, some some kind of hard hitting action as well. And don't forget Daniel's Skunzerian getting uh, handcuffed to the ring ropes. So uh, yeah, it certainly uh, it kind of, the dynamic of it was ever changing but so what were your thoughts yeah well i
1: think it, it, it again managed to progress a number of storylines and move on some some feud i think like you say jericho i think what he what one of the things he's doing best at the moment is despite the fact that he is so everything he he does and says is so gifable or so made for a meme he's managing to still get the crowd to boo him even though he's he's being funny you know he's he's he's, he's um you know and, and marco's done you know what you're going to get every time you see him somebody is going to he's going to be derogatory about his size and there is somebody that we will talk about later in the wwe who they are dealing with in a completely different way and i think that how aew are dealing with Marco Stunt is so much better than how you know um, you know Gable has been dealt with in, in in WWE. They're not doing a, it. It seems a little bit more nuanced. Um, but equally, you've got the inner circle and the hard the harder elements of you know handcuffing your opponents to to the ropes. Jake Hager seems to have now just developed the strong and silent kind of. Um, character um, and he against Luchasaurus would be f- phenomenal and I think there's so many different ways you can go out of that one big you know kind of schmuzzle that, that it, it just kind of keeps so many different irons in the fire and it, it, it moves everybody along but without shutting anybody off It was really good I really enjoyed it yeah
0: yeah, and no, it was a good segment. Uh, and then we got to, with Lutasaurus staying in the ring, he then fought uh, Pete Avalon, the, the librarian. Uh, so this match went all of 30 seconds with Lutasaurus destroying uh, the librarian with a, a, a kick and then a giant face buster for the easy pinfall. And it was great to see Lutasaurus on, uh, as I mentioned earlier, possibly his first appearance on uh, AEW Dynamite after recently recovering from a shoulder injury. Uh, then we went straight into our next match, Santana and Ortiz, otherwise known as proud and powerful versus private party. So on paper, this had the potential to be a really, really great match. Uh, there was some excellent tag team uh, offense from Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy in the early stage of this ma- stages of this match. Santana and Ortiz regain control uh, to slow the match down. And uh, with their efficient style of tag team wrestling, uh, there was one spot where Santana and Ortiz take turns in holding Mark Quinn high above their heads in vertical suplex spots, uh, not dropping, uh, uh, Mark Quinn until we probably a minute and a half, two minutes of uh, repeated kind of vertical suplexes um, or just holding them high above uh, their shoulders anyway. In another bizarre and rather controversial spot, we then get Isaiah Cassidy um, and, and he kind of uh, had Ortiz down for a, a clear three counts. But the referee stopped the count on two and a half. Uh, I went to the outside to confront Santana. The commentary team mentioned how the referee stopped the count because Santana pulled the referee's foot, which uh, from our vantage point, it clearly didn't. Uh, then, then they tried to explain that Ortiz wasn't the legal man, although it was the same two wrestlers that ended the match. So, lots of kind of controversy. Now we had something similar a couple of weeks back when Pac was fighting Trent Beretta and uh, the referee. Uh, did didn't count to three when Beretta's shoulder was down. Clearly for an easy three count off of a black arrow. And then uh, Pack turned it into his uh, brutaliser, his uh, rings of Saturn. But uh, what were your thoughts on this kind of... A lot of people are calling it a botch. I don't know whether to call it a botch or who was at fault. Potentially the referee was at fault again here. Or maybe there was just a miscommunication. But what's your kind of take on what happened here before we get to the end of the match, buddy?
1: Well, I think that the, the referee is the... The, the guy who's in charge of the match in the ring. Um, it it did appear, as you say, it appeared like a botch. Um, but you know, I'll I'll leave it up to to people like Matthew, um to to comment <laughs> yeah. on those kinds of things. But for me, yeah, it, it's um, it, it 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 did appear like it was a, a mistake. I don't know whether you know Santana didn't it was supposed to be broken up the pin was supposed to be broken up and he didn't quite you know he, he went full Papa Shango and mistimed it or or, or what I, I don't know but um, but I it, yeah it, it's kind of it, it it did take away from that but um, but I I, um, I I must I'm gonna wholeheartedly hand on heart admit John I was far too interested in where Ortiz got his shoes from because he <laughs> shoots like little single-toed things, and they it, like they had each. It was like he was wearing socks, but it was. I, I was just amazed by them. So uh, that that distracted me from the match, and I must admit that was probably not the intention. But uh, but yeah, it's um I, I wasn't a, a huge fan of them as LAX in in um, Impact. Not that I didn't like them, but I just didn't quite get it and um, I, I, I don't know whether it's a coincidence but now they're in AEW and they don't have Conan with them I'm, I'm much more it seems to just have clicked a little better for me Um. so so yeah I I, I love proud and powerful and um, uh, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll see uh, moving forward but yeah it certainly did seem like it was a little bit of a, a botcheroo. yeah
0: yeah. So towards the end of this match, uh, we got some interference from Nick Jackson, which led to the pinfall victory for Private Party with their um, excellent gin and juice kind of Hurricane runner cutter combination and what was overall a very good match, uh, despite uh, the mishap from uh, from earlier on, of course. Um, after the match, it all broke down once again with Sammy Guevara coming into the ring to attack Nick Jackson. Then Dustin Rhodes comes out uh, with a cast on his left arm, of course, to take down Sammy Guevara as Private Party continue their celebration following their win. Uh, it's then confirmed that uh, MJF and Hangman Page will go one on one in next week's uh, Dynamite Dozen Finals for that very expensive ring next week. Uh, what 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 they'll kind of get after that will, uh, is yet to be explained, um, as well as the return of Cody Rhodes that was uh, promoted on this week's show for next week, of course. Um, and uh, we, we get we get to, yeah, I think it's round three of Pack versus Kenny Omega. The last match, of course, was All Out in in August, um, and not forgetting Scorpio Sky versus. Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship? So lots to look forward to on next week's show. So that's a, a pretty stacked episode for next week, and uh, um, I'm, I'm sure that uh, you'll be looking forward to that one, Stephen. Yeah, I will
1: definitely. Yeah, yes, John. Yeah, definitely, definitely it's be watching. Good. One.
0: Yeah, and then we go straight into our main event: uh, Darby Allen versus John Moxley. So, uh, in this match, Darby Allen makes his his entrance with a with a body bag dragging a body body bag behind, uh, and before skateboarding down to the ring, Uh, there was a a massive pop for Moxley as he made his entrance. Uh, But even before Moxley could get into the ring, he's met by a a suicide dive in Darby Allen. um, uh, With both men fighting into the crowd before the bell could even officially uh, ring for the start of the match. Uh, One thing that was obvious was the notable size difference between these two wrestlers with Moxley. Um, He's never been described as the biggest wrestler, but he must be about uh, 220, 230 pounds compared to Darby Allen's 170. So definitely a noticeable size difference when these two uh, did get into the ring. Uh, Moxley takes great pleasure in just throwing Darby Allen around the ring for fun. Uh, the match soon breaks down uh, on the outside once again where Alan comes uh, into his element keeping uh, the pace uh, quick whilst using a steel chair to his uh, the steel steps to his advantage back inside the ring Moxley drops Darby Allen with an x-plex Alan strikes back with a huge tope suicida uh, Moxley then turns Alan inside out with a brutal lariat before zipping his opponent into his own body bag uh, Alan then is able to fight his way out of the body bag where Alan then goes uh, to execute a coffin drop from the top Turnbuckle, but uh, John Moxley cleverly was able to catch Darby Allen in a rear naked chokehold. Uh, the end of the match comes when uh, both wrestlers are up on the top turnbuckles, allowing Moxley to hook in uh, the double underhook, dropping Darby Allen from the middle turnbuckle with his insane uh, paradigm shift for the one, two, three. So, a hell of a, a brutal way to end this match and it looked like Darby Allen did get spiked on top of his head, Uh, hopefully didn't get injured from that move, but uh, easily match of the night, in my opinion. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Both of these two wrestlers could be considered um, a a bit more on the kind of hardcore edge, or a bit more of the hardcore fringe uh, of the AW roster, um, and definitely complemented each other's styles. It's a really good chemistry between these two wrestlers. I thought it was an excellent main event, uh, both inside and outside of the ring. Um, I love Darby Allen's kind of daredevil style and his daredevil uh, wrestling offense uh, but moxley in the end's uh 100 a complete superstar and uh, won the match convincingly with that paradigm shift off of the uh, middle turnbuckle so i'd love to know what you, your thoughts steve on how this all went down
1: yeah i think the, the the paradigm shift off the the top or middle row looked absolutely brutal um but um my favorite bit throughout this match was there was a, a moment where um Darby Allen went for a crossbody off the the top rope, and John Moxley just kind of stood stern, and uh, Darby Allen bounced off him. And then I, I did I think they played very cleverly with the the size difference, but also mentioning that Darby Allen is much, was much faster and much quicker, and and I, I just think that that both of these performers both give and receive bumps so well and tell a story um because even before the match you know we had the story of darby allen skating around with his body bag then it was you know it was almost kind of suggested that he had he had traveled from a from a a, a, uh you know a, a a gig in the body bag and he'd been crowd surfed from the gig into the arena and and it just kind of it just told a story and i think that that's something that both of these performers and AEW are very good at doing and, and it kind of told that story because you have to broach the fact that within I'd say sort of 30 seconds of the match starting John you know officially John Moxley had already thrown him around and stuff but they managed to tell the story really well and then um, it really kind of like bought into it and, and yeah that, that paradigm shift at the end that was um yeah that was some some uh, some mighty hard bump <laughs> it
0: really was
1: the ring with moxley of uh, sustained uh, quite significant bumps but yeah that was a, a hell of a way to send the crowd home and um, a really good way to finish the show yeah
0: yeah, I totally agree. And it was a really good episode of Dynamite, it, 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 much like we uh, we heap praise on NXT every single week. Dynamite, I don't think, of uh, giving us a, a single bad episode. I think every single one of their eight episodes have been absolutely knockouts, to be honest with you. And this one was no so different from that, that brilliant main event that we just described uh, through to uh, Jericho and uh, Scorpio Sky with their in-ring uh, microphone battle earlier on. Yeah. in the evening that, that fantastic opener between nick jackson and uh and ray phoenix of course and uh quite a few of the matches at that, that dirty dozen the dirty dozen dynamite dozen uh dynamite dozen uh battle rule which was uh really entertaining um, but a really really solid episode of aw dynamite. and uh, as you alluded to throughout uh aw dynamite, it did set up quite a few um stories it did kind of Continue some uh, ongoing storytelling and did uh, give us you know some some quite good matches to look forward to in the future and in particular next week as well. So they certainly did their job uh, from beginning to end. I felt definitely a thumbs up episode. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah, d- definitely so. Because obviously, you know, with AEW only doing pay per views every quarter, we're probably going to be waiting a couple of months. So it gives them some real good run up to build the storylines, but also to to build. More programs and 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 hopefully you know we will see that the new kind of AEW um, made stars coming through. But it, it certainly gives them that opportunity, and you know they're, they're giving people chances, which is you know something that you may not you know you may not be able to to level at other federations when you have active stars who are actually involved in the booking of of, of that. You know we we I think we you know. You, You're not talking about, uh, you know, WCW when Kevin Nash had the book kind of thing, you know, we've got AEW where all of the people who are actually involved in creating the storylines, none of them are carrying the the, the belts and and they all seem to be putting these people over. So it just seems to be a a fairly good, harmonious situation at the moment. And you've got that two months up to the next pay-per-view where they can build all kinds of uh, shenanigans. So I'm really excited what's going to come up with AEW.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, looking forward to next week's episode, of course, you've got uh, MJF uh, versus Adam Page. You've got Pac versus Kenny Omega. And uh, yeah, you've got uh, Chris Jericho versus Scorpio. So it's three really big matches there uh, next week. So it's going to be a solid show and uh, one that I'm looking forward to already. But let's have a look at this week's NXT. Um, We've already alluded to it so many times throughout this episode. It is an absolutely stacked show. Uh, But uh, to kick things off, we get the man, we get Becky Lynch coming out uh, backstage, coming out of her dressing room, making her way out to the ring uh, to a bit of a mixed reaction, to be honest with you. There, there were obviously some, some cheers, but uh, quite a few audible boos as well in the audience. Uh, Becky uh, in the ring with a microphone in hand reminds the fans that it's been a while since she's kicked someone's ass here on NXT. And uh, uh, you won't have to wait much longer as she takes off her jacket ready for a fight. Becky then trashes Bailey telling Bailey that uh, she can't uh, help that uh, Bailey is the champ while she is the champ and uh, Becky addresses Shayna Baszler and tells her that uh, she's on her show in her ring under her lights and uh, what is Shayna going to do about it But instead of an appearance from Shayna Baszler, which we was all expecting, uh, we got an appearance from Rhea Ripley. And uh, off the back of this, we get an impromptu match between Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. So a bit of a a dream match we didn't expect to get on Wednesday night, but we did here. Uh, In this match, uh, Rhea drops Becky face first across the edge of the uh, ring apron from an an electric chair drop. That was uh, quite a good spot there. Becky delivered an inverted DDT before both women trade lefts and rights. Uh, Becky is able to apply her disarmor, which is quickly Turned into a powerbomb from Ripley, which Becky transitions into a Hurricane Rana. Then we get an awesome superplex from Ripley onto Becky, uh, with the uh, end of the match coming soon afterwards from a run in from Shayna and the Horsewomen, with Becky and Rhea able to clear house, uh, not before. Destroying Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke with their respective signature moves. Uh, that was a really fun and unexpected match featuring arguably the most over wrestler in the WWE today in uh, Becky Lynch with uh, Rhea Ripley being presented as Becky's equal uh, for the majority of this match. I thought it was a really, really fun match. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, interesting that uh, that the Full Sail fans uh, booed Becky um, obviously because she's obviously intruding on NXT turf from uh, Monday Night Raw of course but uh, quite an interesting way to open the show but what were your thoughts on this one Stephen
1: well I mean I always whenever I see R- Rhea Ripley I always think that she looks a little bit like what would happen if Charlotte Flair had got into grunge music so I think it's <laughs> kind of like at that edge and it may be an unpopular um, uh, opinion, John, but I just don't get Becky Lynch. Uh, I mean, she's a, f- a phenomenal performer, and and again, it, it's not a I'm, I'm not um, bagging on her, but it's just I, I just I'm cold when I see her. It, I just don't buy into it. Um, I, for me, there are there are much more kind of interesting and and kind of technically proficient. Um, Wrestlers, but um, but yeah, it's just maybe not something that's 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 my bag. So um, so yeah, so I I um I'm a big fan of Rhea Ripley, a, a big fan of a lot of the the female performers in NXT, big fan of Nikki Cross, big fan of uh, of a lot of these performers. But Becky just leaves me cold a little bit. So it was a, it was a good match, but I, I can never really. Into, um to 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 a, a Becky match at the moment, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. She's not quite been as interesting or as, as hot as a performer um, since kind of her feud with with Ronda Rousey, kind of heading into WrestleMania this year. That's kind of when she was at her best, really. But that that was more of a, a feud, you could say, that was based around more of a a Twitter war, to be honest with you, as opposed to anything else. They did have some pretty good exchanges uh, on the microphone on TV and uh, one or two interesting brawls leading up to that WrestleMania triple threat main event. Uh, But I do understand your sentiments with Becky Lynch. Yeah, she... she's one of these that uh, she is fabulous at what she does and I'm so so happy that she got the push that she got, she definitely deserved it Um, but like you say she's not as technically proficient as many of the other uh, women wrestlers uh, out there and uh, yes she can certainly you know hold her own better than most on the microphone and she is reasonably proficient in the ring but uh, certainly she's only got quite a limited repertoire of moves in my opinion, would you agree with that? Yeah, I,
1: I would. I mean, I, I, for me, I mean, I big, big fan of, like I say, of a lot of the wrestlers. But to me, I'd, you know, I'd rather see a, um, an Asuka or an, a, an Ember Moon or a, a Charlotte. Or kind of, you know, that the, they're more the, the people I would be uh, uh, prefer to watch. But again, you know, Becky's, she's worked hard, and it's not like she's been. You know, to, to use the, the the stereotype, she's not been Roman or seen it, You know, she, she's she's yeah. she's not been massively massively pushed up against everything else. It's more of a Daniel Bryan kind of thing where the the crowd have really got behind her and uh, have really kind of got that over. And then the, they they've pulled the trigger on on her push. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, much respect for 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 what she does in the ring. It's just maybe not my um not my bag personally but yeah. but yeah she's doing good stuff but yeah certainly her and the her and Rhonda had a little bit more crackle and um personally i think that's that's going to be something that's going to return fairly soon
0: hopefully so i really do hope so uh then we get uh Kona Reeves, who's supposedly coming out for a match. Uh, that was until he's blindsided on the entrance ramp by former NXT North American champion Ricochet, to the very loud approval from the uh, from the fans. Ricochet was there in his, his raw colours, uh, with the fans erupting uh, once more with the music of Matt Riddle sounds, and uh, we have uh, ourselves another impromptu match. I'm guessing it was going to be Matt Riddle versus Kona Reeves, but uh, better still, we've got Matt Riddle versus Ricochet. So, in, in this match, Ricochet connects with an awesome somersault tope through the ropes onto. Riddle on the outside. Riddle was quick to apply the the, uh, the cross arm breaker back inside the ring before connecting with his Broton and an exploder Suplex for the first two count of the match. Uh, there was a, a sequence of stiff kicks and flash knee strikes from both competitors here. Uh, the match ends rather untimely after a run in from Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro leading to a, a kind of a crucifix pin from Riddle on Ricochet getting the one, two, three. And after the match, Ricochet delivered a giant dive uh, onto the outside onto Cesaro um, and uh, well, Naka- Nakamura and Riddle battle it out in the ring. Uh, but then that was up until uh, Shinsuke gets decked from a running knee strike from uh, an incoming Roderick Strong further setting up their Survivor Series match on Sunday and uh, then that then led into a bit of a run-in from Finn Balor to attack Matt Riddle and uh, the two fought it out further setting up their match for TakeOver War Games and uh, this was kind of a hot five minutes you could say. First we got the appearance from Ricochet um, and then uh, Shinsuke and Ces- Cesaro come in to interfere we get the, the win uh, for Matt Riddle, of course, and uh, yeah, and then we get Finn Balor coming in to kind of put, put the uh, exclamation point on proceedings, further setting up his match with Matt Riddle on uh, on Saturday at War Games. But uh, what was your thoughts on, on this segment and how it all unfolded?
1: Uh, well, I mean, any any segment that can have ricochet like basically deleting Kona Reeves from existence, which <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we talked about poor camera work. On, on uh or you know elements of of uh of uh poor camera work this camera work was uh, amazing because yes just, you know and, and to to borrow a uh, to borrow a, uh, a phrase from uh from randall keith orton uh ricochet just appeared out of nowhere and um, and um and then you follow that up with matt riddle coming to the ring and matt riddle is not only one of my favorite wrestlers i've, I've had the very very great pleasure to to meet him, and he is, like, second only to, to, um, to, uh, Zach Gibson in exactly how nice he is, but, uh, but Matt Riddle, I could watch wrestle for eternity, Cesaro again, it's, it, it's, it's like, it's, it's like you're a kid in a sweet shop sometimes, and, and they give you your favourite sweet, and then all of a sudden they bring another favourite sweet in, it's just so many great things, and, and, you know, Ronnie Strong, um, I've had a, a theory for quite some time now that um, that uh, and it actually originated, I think it was last year or the year before War Games when he was in the team with, uh, with AOP when uh, they were managed by Paul Ellering and um, they put him in the AOP outfit and uh, he looked so much like a mascot that to this day I am positive that Roddy Strong is in fact the uh, anthropomorphized version of Rocco, the puppet that Paul Ellering brought down to the ring with <laughs> the Road Warriors, because he's, if Rocco and Roddy had ever so small, ever so slightly, and he just at that War Games looked, he looked like a mascot. <laughs> just that day, I think he's some kind of Pinocchio-esque. Um, it, not a real boy kind of thing. So I, I always
0: was- wondered what happened to Rocco. You know, I, I saw him at SummerSlam '92, and uh, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's definitely grown up into uh, into yeah. a real boy. And uh, yeah, it could yeah.
1: be. <laughs> it just Makes me feel a little bit easy every time I see him. I just think you're not a real boy. <laughs> I mean, like you know, I can buy him to wrestling not being legitimately above board, but it, it, it scares me. Uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, so I, I, I like this spot, um, but I it just kind of it just reminds me of all of the exciting stuff we've coming up we've got coming up this weekend, but also oh, yeah. the fact that you know you've got uh, you've got some people playing pulling double or triple duty um, this weekend, so it it um, yeah it was exciting to see you know some of the things that we're going to see not just a takeover but quite potentially spilling over into Survivor Series as well.
0: Yeah, can't wait, can't wait. Well, speaking of can't wait, then we had kind of a dream match that none of us expected, but uh, which on paper looks like a match of the year contender, the Revival versus Undisputed Era. Uh, Now, uh, obviously, the Revival are no longer SmackDown Tag Team Champions. They lost to the New Day, uh, the, the SmackDown from a few weeks ago. I think it was in the, the Manchester uh, tapings of SmackDown from a, a couple of weeks ago. And unfortunately, that means that we've got uh, now the New Day going up against Undisputed Era and the War Raiders on Sunday instead of uh, the Revival being in there, which would have been a, a dream three-way match. Um, but uh, I think they're, they're trying to make do with the Revival and putting them on, on NXT for this week up against the Undisputed Era in the match that we uh, won't be getting on Sunday. And uh, this match breaks down very quickly with an all-out brawl between both teams, uh, with a suplex spot sending uh, both Kyle O'Reilly and uh, and Wilder tumbling over the top rope into the floor on the outside. Uh, this, this match was pretty stiff, and, and more than anything, it was a really, really good wrestling match. Uh, Fish and O'Reilly gets a close near fall from there, chasing the Dragon Double Team move. Dawson gets a, a two count from a top rope diving headbutt, and uh, another from a high angled brainbuster on Dawson on uh, from Dawson onto Bobby Fish. Wilder plants O'Reilly with a DDT on the ring apron before delivering their uh, superplex, big splash, a double team combo, very reminiscent of uh, uh, Power and Glory from uh, the early 90s. And that was Paul Romer and Hercules, wasn't it, if I remember rightly? Uh, Fish gets a a cut on the nose from a a, a wild knee from Wilder. Uh, Then we get another close to fall as Revival execute their shatter machine only for O'Reilly to come to the rescue just in the nick of time to save the pinfall there. There's a fight forever chant from the fans, um, and a uh, tag team wrestling chant from the fans as well. Uh, the end of the match, uh, the end of this epic match, comes when Fish and O'Reilly hit their high low total elimination finisher on Dawson for the excellent pinfall victory. So this this was pretty good i mean uh, before i got a chance to see this match earlier on today i I'd seen some highlights and uh, one or two spoilers and people were saying possible match of the year contender and uh drawing comparisons to some of the tag team wrestling that we that we sometimes see in AEW. with this one being much slower much more about the story and uh, uh, but uh, i'd love to know your thoughts on, on this and obviously tag team wrestling is, is quite a, a a big topic at the moment. Obviously they are really going uh, full tilt and promoting tag team wrestling on AEW. Um, And uh, I think that they're trying to do something similar with NXT. Uh, Don't mention tag team wrestler on, 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 on raw SmackDown because it's virtually non-existent. Um, But uh, nonetheless, this was a tremendous match and uh, definitely a match that we wasn't expecting to see uh, probably a few days earlier.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think yeah i've also heard the you know the 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 same thing that they were kind of it it, not so much that they realized they'd made a an error but that they were just kind of they suddenly realized that with the with the new day um getting that that title um quite a few people i think were excited to see the match that was set up which was would have been the Viking raiders against the revival against the undisputed era which would have essentially been you know an nxt tag team showcase on Survivor Series because they're, they, they you know the history you throw in AOP and 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 you've got and, you know and maybe DIY if Gargan back it's just but it was it was a phenomenal match to watch. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is a a, a a performer that but similarly to what we was talking about with with Becky I mean twelve months ago I just didn't get Kyle O'Reilly and now I just can't get enough of Kyle O'Reilly he's, he's brilliant and they've got that storytelling and. I liked the 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 moves in the match. I liked the the pace of the match, and and I also liked the very end of the match where 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 um, where the revival would were, that were quite clear that he was going to get finished, and he just defiantly told them to kiss his ass, uh, and then he took the move. And I just think it's again it's a phenomenal match, um, match of the year contender potentially I mean I still would say Walter against Tyler Bay uh, uh, NXT Cardiff to me it, it is up there um, with uh, with match for match of the year but this was a uh, another great one and certainly I preferred this tag team match to the, the match the, the tag team match later on um, uh, with the Viking Raiders which I enjoyed but this one was really top draw stuff and, and Bobby Fishbank get yeah. through a match without injuring himself which is Phenomenal for him. Um, uh, I, I don't know why they've booked Bobby Fish in two matches over the weekend because quite clearly he the bits are gonna fall off him because he, <laughs> he he's, he's he's like the kid like us of, of NXT. He just kinda That man is made of glass. But uh, but yeah. So but it was good to see everybody get through that match with some hard hitting moves and and none of them needing to um to to get the that my pet peeve which is that that kinesis
0: tape that they have on them. I
1: never had, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm
0: a bit poor. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's a really phenomenal match. Totally yeah, awesome. and I, I, I thought um, one really cool thing to see was, was the revival. They just seemed to wrestle with quite a bit of freedom um, and they, they wrestled like they used to wrestle back in the day when they were on uh, a regular feature on NXT, battling DIY or uh, AOP or whoever it might have been. And um, I think it was the same when we had uh, when we had uh, Gallows, Anderson, and AJ Styles in NXT a couple of weeks back, and they just seemed to to enjoy the experience, wrestle without the shackles, wrestle with with a lot of freedom. And uh, AJ Styles just looked phenomenal, um, pun intended, when he was on uh, NXT a couple of weeks ago. Just just seemed to be a, a completely different AJ Styles to what we see week in week out on uh, Raw and SmackDown. But uh, mm-hmm. and the, the same thing applies here with the revival. When I think uh, any main roster quote unquote talent that comes onto NXT. T seems to have that freedom, and uh, yeah, obviously a completely different environment and a, a different ethos, as we're all fully aware anyway. Uh, but going straight into our next match, KB Ray versus Dakota Kai. So Kaylee Ray, this was a really good match, and I enjoyed this one. There was a, a, a quite a hard fought battle between these two. They did fight both in and out of the ring. Uh, Takahai, kai she, she did give quite a lot of offence, and uh, you know the last time we saw Kaylee Ray was at the end of the main event of last week's ladder match, where she pushed uh, May Yim off the ladder and threw another ladder at ringside, obviously giving Io Shirai the victory to give their team the advantage in the uh, women's war game match on Saturday. But this was a really good match, and. Uh, uh, Kaylee Ray won the match from her glory bomb for the pinfall victory. After the match, however, we get wrestlers from SmackDown, Raw, NXT, they all come out, including the Kabuki Warriors, Nikki Cross, Sonia Deville, Candice LeRae, and so many more uh, to further set up the, the 5 on 5 on 5 women's Survivor Series match on Sunday. Uh, the match between Kaylee Ray and Dakota Kai was, was pretty full on. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts on uh, what went down between these two very talented uh, individuals. Yeah, I'm
1: a, a big fan of uh, Kaylee the other way, and um, I, I, Dakota Kai. I I, um, I had been uh, hoping that we'd get a, a payoff of the story from from sort of last year. I think of um, of, uh, uh, of of uh, when Shana Baszler was sort of bullying her and, and stuff, and there'd been suggestions that if she was going to come back. Dakota was going to come back as a heel. I think she just suits it much better as a as a as a face and um i think as well it's it's you know you underestimate people uh like uh, dakota kai because she doesn't look like a, a shana baszler she doesn't have the hardcore edge of a of a of a, a you know a bianca Belair or a Rhea ripley or, or that kind of stuff and you can often kind of over underestimate um, them and um, and uh, Yeah, and, and again, they, they both went really well. And, and the end, you, you know, these this and this NXT and SmackDown coming up on Friday, they're, they're kind of the go-home shows for Survivor Series. And it just gave us a, a good opportunity and it gave a, an opportunity for former NXT alumni like Nikki Cross uh, to, to come back to uh, NXT as part of uh, the invading forces. And um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's exciting and I think it built Summer Sla- uh, Survivor Series, sorry, very well. Um, as did uh, you know the later matches with the run-ins. Um because what we've got to remember is, is that at the moment NXT haven't announced any of their their teams for the, the Survivor Series matches.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that as well. Yeah.
1: I'm guessing that's because they they have war games so they may check to see who is who is who's carrying injuries, but also you know you've got added uh, extras of, of there you may have some nxt uk people come in you never know but um but yeah i, I think that it, they dealt with it well because you know who is on the smackdown and raw teams you know who's going to be on those teams whereas nxt you've got a little bit of more freedom of movement as well and because they've made it just a straight up brand supremacy thing so you've got people who Essentially, you know, on on the 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 NXT team, you might have people who are both heel and face and stuff, but it's um, yeah, it's it's certainly exciting and sets up Survivor Series quite well, I think.
0: Yeah, and like I say, not knowing who's going to be on the NXT teams, both for the, the, the men's 5-on-5-on-5 five 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 and the women's match, uh, does add to a, a little bit of intrigue, a little bit of mystery, and obviously, you know, they need to see who's still uh, standing, who, who's still uh, match-ready following TakeOver War Games. I mean, the, the War Games matches themselves are going to be pretty brutal, so it'll be interesting to see if anybody's carrying any knocks or any injuries following that match. But uh, like I say, I think it does add a little bit of uh, intrigue, and uh, whether, you know, Know potentially, I don't know. There's been lots of rumours, and if you saw Monday Night Raw, uh, whether Kevin Owens might be involved in one of the teams. I think he's already announced uh, on the on the Raw side, but uh, uh, I think uh, Triple H was trying to recruit him for the NXT team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, that'll be interesting to see how all that transpires over the weekend to yeah. our second second last match, we got to uh, the the War Raiders uh, coming out for their big NXT return, um, obviously under the the Raw banner. Of course, going up against the Forgotten Suns. So this match uh, was very nearly won in the first few minutes with a with a power bomb, big splash combo from uh, Eric and Ivar. Uh, the War Raiders get another close near fall from a, uh, a Heart Foundation Heart Attack clothesline combo. Um, that that was a, a good move, put to good use there. Jackson Ryker gets involved on the outside, which leads to Cutler dropping. Eric with a Death Valley driver on the ring apron for a two count. Uh, Riker then gets ejected from the ringside area. We then see uh, uh, an excellent, very flamboyant exchange of cartwheels from uh, Ivar, uh, Blake and Cutler before um, Ivar drops both opponents with a handspring back elbow. Uh, the, the, The Raiders then finish off the match with their Viking experience double team the win in uh, what I thought was quite a highly entertaining match Uh like I say probably not quite as good as Undisputed Era versus The Revival from earlier on uh, but I thought it was well booked, uh, I thought it was fairly well executed both teams seemed to gel quite well and um, although I've never been the biggest fan of the Forgotten Sons uh, I thought they really delivered here and uh, definitely showed us what they're made of uh, they, they brought their A game and uh, it was uh, great to see the War Raiders back on NXT where they never officially lost uh, the championships I don't think or, or did they? I can't remember uh, maybe the street profits beat them, but uh, I think they possibly uh, never lost the championships. But it's good to see them uh, back in the, the black and gold brand here. But uh, quite an entertaining tag match for all it was worth. Um, what were your thoughts on this one, Stephen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I too. Um, I feel a bit. I feel a bit bad for for Blake and Cutler in uh, Forgotten Sons because it, it. To me, it, it's quite clear that that is a that is a stable setup to get uh, Jackson Riker over. Uh, and the other two are just kind of like just afterthoughts. It's like you know they're they they're one step up from J and J security uh, for for Jackson uh, Jackson Riker. I, I think that the the War Raiders are, are a phenomenal team. I just think. Oh yeah. They just, you know, I mean, it, it shows how good they are that they can literally just change their name from week to week. Some people still, I know people who refuse to, who still refer to them as Hanson and Rowe. Um, you know, I, I just think that, but also, I think Ivar uh, and uh, Keith Lee, who who, uh, who got involved later on in the, the show, and Killian Dane, um, they all have that kind of ability of their. With the best way they will. and I'm I'm not a, a thin gentleman, but those three chaps are like the size of warehouses, and and yet they can fly through the air. They can do top aci si- at suicidos, um, but I just I, I have a massive amount of respect for big guys who can fly around um, as much as they can. And also, I'm I'm a big fan of tag teams where one member of the tag team uses the other member of the tag team as basically a way of, of injuring the other team so when when uh, Eric picks up Ivar and basically body slams him onto uh, the you know their opponents I'm a, b- a big fan of that I'm a big fan of, of tag team wrestling because I think it gives you that opportunity to do these fantastic moves like we were talking before about private party they're kind of you know hurricane runner into a, uh, in a uh, into a, a, a cutter uh, basically, uh, I just love tag team wrestling. And this was was not as good as this is the early one, but but still really good. Uh, and a big fan of the Viking Raiders. So, yeah, big thumbs
0: up for me for this one. Yeah, thumbs up for me as well. And then on to our main event, Adam Cole, the current NXT champion, going up against Dominic Dijakovic uh, in a ladder match. Uh, very, very, exactly the same format as last week's uh, main event. Uh, with the winner, uh, they will get the man advantage in the War Games match. On Saturday night, of course. And uh, to set the scene, there's ladders surrounding the ring, there's a briefcase hanging high above the ring. And uh, once again, the man who retrieves the briefcase will indeed gain the man advantage for their respective team at Takeover War Games. Uh, the most striking thing, and going back to, uh, I suppose, John Moxley versus Darby Allen from earlier on, is the, the size difference between these two wrestlers in this main event. You've obviously got uh, Dodge Kovic, who must be easily all of six foot five, six foot six, against Adam Cole, which b- probably 510 maybe um there's probably a good uh good 50 pounds between the two of them in weight difference as well but um where the two of them got going, you, you, all of that goes out the window. And uh, within minutes, there's there's three ladders inside the ring. Uh, Cole drops Dijakovic with a, an Uh, Then as, as Cole starts to ascend one of the ladders, he gets slammed from that ladder down onto a second ladder set up in the corner. That looked pretty painful for Adam Cole there. Cole escapes a feast your rise by climbing up the ladder in the centre of the ring before delivering a Panama Sunrise. Always love it when he delivers that move. It looks so special. Uh, kovic appears to re-injure um, his surgically repaired knee following a, 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 a driving knee, almost a GTS, to the head of Adam Cole. Then as, as Cole and kovic battle it out on the top of the ladder in the centre of the ring, Cole smashes the briefcase into the header, into the face of Dodger causing Dijakovic to fall off the ladder backwards and through the third ladder set up down below in the corner. Allowed Adam Cole to retrieve the, uh, to retrieve the briefcase and not only winning the match, but also getting that crucial man advantage uh, in the war games, uh, war games match on Saturday night. So before we get into the the closing segment of uh, this week's NXT, uh, give us your thoughts on the match. Yeah, I mean,
1: a great match. Um, again, kind of it only really hit home exactly how big uh, Djokovic uh, is when you're in the ring. Um, I didn't know how much I now want all ladders to be black with yellow and black stripes on. I thought it looked—they looked so much. I don't know what it was, but they just looked so much better than the, the normal ladders. Um, it, it was it was great. Um, my, I mean, my only and it's not a, a, a criticism. It, it's just I think a, a natural element of, of ladder matches is is, is you, you know you still had that bit where Dominic Dadić, if if you know if it was legit, could have just scaled the ladder, got the briefcase, not a problem. But they, they have that thing of, of they get to the ladder and all of a sudden the ladder becomes this this. Almost Krypton factor esque uh, piece of assault, uh, you know, of course, where they slowly climb up the uh, the, the ladders. But um, but I just think that, especially at the end of the match, um, just yeah, it, it just <laughs> falling backwards into a to a ladder with no way of um, cushioning your fall uh, on top of you know some of the really hard hitting moves that. That Adam Cole uh, delivered and, and to be honest with you at the moment I think there's very few people uh, could argue against Adam Cole being if not the busiest but certainly one of the top performers in the whole world of wrestling at the moment the match he had with Brian uh, a couple of weeks ago on Smackdown and he just keeps knocking them out of the park he keeps having really good matches and um, I can't wait to see him at at war games and then especially at survivor series where he'll be defending his title. Um, uh, yeah, so it's good, a good way to send us off into that. And then, you know, as you say, you know, you have the closing segment and the, uh, the, uh, anarchy that is that.
0: Indeed, indeed. So, uh yes, yeah, so, so the show comes to an end with a, with a massive brawl between uh, members of the Raw brand, SmackDown brand, and NXT brand, including the Undisputed Era, of course. We then see Drew McIntyre, who drops Dijakovic with a Claymore kick. Keith Lee drops McIntyre with a spirit bomb. Then Keith Lee and Ivar uh, drops everyone on the outside with a, a somersault Santon and a suicide dive with, through the ropes, respectively. Uh, then we get Seth Rollins, who comes from out of nowhere with a super kick to Adam Cole. Uh, before tomato chompa comes out uh too loud and daddy's home chance uh, champer delivers a running knee to the head of the NXT champion on the outside before having a uh, kind of a, a a fist fighter a bitter battle in the ring with Seth Rollins as the episode of Nxt comes to an end so uh yeah uh it, it was uh, kind of a bit of a, a holy shit, um end to the end to the end to the show really it was uh, kind of uh, it, it kind of really if you wasn't already sold on watching this weekend's takeover war games and Survivor Series. You only had to watch that end segment, and it would have it definitely would have uh, pulled the money out of your wallet and uh, paid for the event. But uh, yeah, loved the hell out of it. Really, really strong episode of NXT. Really strong way to end this uh, episode of NXT. Um, and uh, did it do what uh, what what you wanted it to do in terms of really sell you for both shows coming up on Saturday and Sunday? Then Stephen.
1: Well, it, it, it did, and I think that it, it kind of we've got one last. So buy it at the Apple for, um, for SmackDown. But what I liked about the end of, of this is it felt like a, a go-home show. It felt like at the end, everybody, all the elements, both Raw, SmackDown, and NXT had got their own offense in. You've got their own the own things. It's got that switch thing. It's a little bit like um, like a four-way match where everybody takes turns in doing their, fishing, their finishes personally i thought the keith lee uh sort of powerbomb uh to uh to drew mcintyre was phenomenal because they're both huge men and drew mcintyre bounced i reckon more higher off the uh the the, the map than i think marco stunt is is tall i think so that was great to see i loved the champer uh, Uh, Coming down and then just taking a a few moments off to to deliver a running knee to Adam Cole, just to let Adam Cole know that you know this may be war games coming up. We may have Survivor Series where we're brand supremacy, but I'm still coming for Goldie. Uh, I I love that. I I think that Seth Rollins. This is personally probably the best episode of a WWE show that that Seth Rollins has been on. Oh yeah. kind of like you know he, he, they, i mean i don't think it's any coincidence that they didn't let him speak but he, he looked he looked strong he came across there and i think that that's gonna tie into a few elements on there and it really whet my appetite and again kind of if you were you know omen um and Aaron ah didn't know whether to be watching both of these i think it would this episode of nxt managed managed to actually sell both takeover war games and um Survivor Series, so yeah, it certainly made me, can't wait for um, for the Survivor Series, of TakeOver first, the War Games. War Games has always been one of my favourite kind of matches, I'm a big fan of that, and it, it really um, whet the appetite for both shows, John, yeah.
0: Definitely, well let's have a look at both shows, and let's break down the card for, uh, for TakeOver War Games first of all, that's going to be taking place uh, uh, tomorrow night, as we're recording this, uh, and uh, on Saturday night. Uh, the four matches are as follows. The four matches that have been announced are as follows. Obviously, you've got the, the triple threats, Pete Dunne, uh versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest. Let's talk about this one first of all, because originally, and correct me if I'm wrong, but originally this was meant to be a three-way that was going to be taking place on this week's NXT, uh, but they bumped it up to, to take over uh, a day or so uh, earlier, and... Um, or earlier on in the week before this week's NXT and uh, it, it officially became a number one contenders match essentially so the winner of this match will then go on to face Adam Cole at Survivor Series on Sunday. Now, for for a while now, we've been kind of speculating, well, when is Adam Cole going to be involved in Survivor Series? And uh, why is he not involved in a match yet? And uh, are they going to include him into a a triple threat match, maybe Brock and Ray and Adam Cole? Or what what were they going to do with Adam Cole, essentially? he's been quite a a key part of recent Roars and SmackDowns, of course, um, as as well as uh, NXT, and that goes without saying. Uh, But now we know what role Adam Cole is going to be playing on Sunday. And of course this triple threat match uh, will, will fit nicely into that. So Pete Dunn. Former United Kingdom champion, of course, Killian Dane, um, the, the the beast of uh, Belfast, I think they call him, and and, uh, and uh, Damien Priest. Uh, it's a, a fantastic three way, and uh, you know that you're going to get a pretty hard hitting affair between these three. Um, but uh, who 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 have you kind of got earmarked as the possible winner for this triple threat to eventually go on to face Adam Cole on Sunday then?
1: Well, I, 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 it seems to be that everybody's picking the same uh, uh, the same person. Everybody I've I've seen, and, and I can't see past uh, the bruise away Pete Dunne. So I'm going for um, I'm going for Pete Dunne in in, in this one to uh, to then go on and uh, and be on Survivor Series. Um, yeah, so so that's my that's my pick is Pete Dunne.
0: Yeah, and I, I think. My heart is definitely saying Pete Dunne. I hope they go with Pete Dunne for everything that he's done, uh, you know, for NXT UK and on the NXT brand, uh, brand as well. He's been in, involved in many takeovers uh, before this one. Uh, so I hope they kind of give him a, a chance to feature on a, on a WWE pay-per-view the following nights. And I think he'd very much deserve that however I, I don't know i've kind of got something in the back of my mind thinking that uh, they like the look and the style of damien priest and they probably might want him to feature on a pay-per-view who knows um obviously killian dane's got his advantages as well he's he's a big um brute of a man uh, mm. that can that can move as fast and as well as any of them but um I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a Bruiserweight win on Saturday night and to hopefully get a a real kind of show stealer between him and Adam Cole for the NXT Championship on Sunday night. Uh, And then, of course, you've got Matt Riddle going up against Finn Balor. And Finn Balor was originally going to be taken on Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano is out with a a neck injury. We're waiting to kind of hear more regarding uh, that injury. But uh, Matt Riddle was was, uh, initially going to be part of the men's war games team. Um, and uh, that that got changed on last week's episode of NXT, so it's now Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor, and uh, this is a singles match, and to be honest with you, I'm probably slightly more excited about this match, Matt Riddle going up against Fat Riddle, uh, Finn Balor as opposed to Johnny Gargano, Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you've already said that you're such a big fan of Matt Riddle, Uh, you must be looking forward to this one.
1: I, I am. I'm a massive fan of uh, of the King of Bro's, but um, I think in this one, I, I, I think Finn Balor's going to be um, the 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 winner. I think there's a maybe an outside chance of uh, maybe some uh, shenanigans. Um, I don't know how um, how uh, injured uh, Gargano is, but um, I, I I don't know. I just I can't see Finn Balor coming down to NXT and. Uh, uh, especially kind of uh, for me, the 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 last big match that, that Finn Balor had, or certainly a, a pay per view match, was when he got just weaved into the canvas by the Fiend. Um So I think um, I think Finn Balor's going over in this this match because I think that Matt Riddle can take the um, take the, the the loss, but um, but it's going to be a, an incredibly uh, hard for match, and if. if you know, if you're the sort of person who likes watching wrestlers who have, a, you know, abdominal muscles that you could grate cheese on, then this <laughs> yeah. is a match for you, because both of these guys are just disgustingly well-built and look after themselves uh, in two very different ways. I'm not suggesting that Finn Balor is in any way as um, herbally inspired as Matt Riddle is, but, um, but I, I just think that, that Finn Balor, for me, uh, you know, don't tell Matt and I, I won't, I won't be telling him again, <laughs> I think again but uh, I certainly wouldn't tell him to face, but I think, I think
0: Finn's going for the win this one. So you're going for Finn Balor. And I think because of the, the big return of Finn Balor on NXT a few weeks ago, I don't think his first match back should be a loss. And uh, as much as I'd like Matt Riddle to get on a bit of a winning streak and to win this match on Saturday night, I think it makes sense uh, for Finn Balor to to win it. Unless, of course, we get some sort of running or some sort of interference from Johnny Gargano to further his storyline with Finn Balor. But I think uh, it makes sense having uh, Finn Balor being the, the big superstar returning to NXT that uh, is Finn Balor's night. And I think he will go over in this uh, in this match on Saturday looking at uh, the, the two war games matches the women's war games match you've obviously got Rhea Ripley and her team uh, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler Io Shirai, Bianca Belair and Kaylee Ray so uh, a real mouth match here I mean a few months ago you, you would never imagine that you'd get uh, Tegan Knox and uh, Kaylee Ray for example on a, a, a kind of a main events uh, match a war games match on a, on a takeover um, but uh, here we are and uh, Rhea Ripley's kind of really Really making a name for herself in NXT so you've got four very very strong teams that four two very strong teams eight very very strong uh, wrestlers and um, yeah uh, any kind of thoughts on this one or uh, any winners and losers what's your thoughts on potential outcomes or winners uh, of this one
1: well I I think um, I, I'm, I'm gonna stick my neck out and I think Shayna Baszler's taking the pin In this, I think that Rhea Ripley uh, and her team are going over. Um, I think that I think there is going to be involvement and a a storyline set up, but I personally think that's going to be more at the Survivor Series, and because of what I think is going to happen in that Survivor Series match, I think that um, Shayna Baszler is is taking the pin. So I don't know whether it'll involve any kind of turning on. Them, uh, you know, for me the one that sticks out is Bianca Belair. You know that the they've had beef her and Shayna before, um, and and I just see I see the 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 babyface team going over in this. I don't know who's going to be t- going to win the pin, but I I can actually see uh, Shayna Baszler taking the pin because of what I think is going to happen on Survivor Series.
0: Ah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, of course. Uh, I forgot that Shana was in the, the triple threat match that we'll be talking about very, very soon. But, uh, yeah, um, I, don't, I think this is, is this a tough one. I think we're going to go with a babyface team win here. Um, I, I do like the look of Rhea's team. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think you, you could be onto something there. Re- uh, Shayna Baszler could possibly take the take the pin, um, which could make her look a bit more vulnerable in the triple threat match against Becky and uh, Bailey on Sunday. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a hard one to call, to be honest with you. But uh, I think yeah. I- yeah, I think that the babyface team possibly going to take the win here. And then moving on to the, the men's uh, war games match, you've obviously got all four members of the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong going up against Tommaso Champa's team, uh, which is not fully complete yet. You've obviously got Tommaso there, you've got Keith Lee, you've got Dominic Dijakovic, so the three of them alone uh, could be uh, kind of uh, enough beef in the ring to possibly beat the Undisputed Era by themselves. But we do, we are expecting one more wrestler to be included in the men's team, Tommaso Ciampa's team. Uh, any kind of inkling on who that fourth man might be? Could it be Kevin Owens? Is that what they were possibly alluding to on Monday Night Raw between him and Triple H? Um, what's your thoughts on the, who that fourth man could be and uh, who the potential winners might be also?
1: Well, I think I think Kevin Owens is going to be um, very, very important over the weekend. But again, I think that's going to be on Survivor Series. I think that um, I I don't I mean, I I mean, I'd potentially maybe like to see uh, Jackson Riker um, uh, in there. I don't know who they would choose. They could choose um, a number but I don't know. I mean, Personally, because I don't see him being listed on any of the other ones, I hope they bring Otis Dozovic in because I think that a, a, a match card without Otis Dozovic is not really a, a match card. I just love that man. Any man who's <laughs> rising at all, uh, I don't know how they'd, how they'd bend the storyline into this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, well, I suppose if we're playing bending fantasy storylines, we could just get Alistair Black in there as well. But um,
0: oh, I, oh, yeah.
1: I, I, I don't know personally I think the undisputed era going over uh, with this I think that the idea of having all the gold on uh, them and the fact that the next night all of undisputed era are going to be uh, involved in um, brand supremacy or title matches with uh, you know with uh, fish and O'Reilly in the brand supremacy one uh, Roderick strong in in the match that I mean has me so Salivating, I can't tell you um, yeah, for the uh, uh, with AJ and uh, Shinsuke. I think undisputed era going over in in, in this one. Um, I don't know who's going to be taking the pin, um, but uh, I, I think maybe Tommaso Ciampa um, might kind of become more focused on on Goldie uh, and the, the title. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I just. I'm so excited. It's hard
0: to call, isn't it? It really is hard to call. It's
1: hard to call. Um, I trust. I, I, it's kind of like I don't, I'm i not worried about who it's going to be. You know, if it was WWE, if it was the main roster, I'd be petrified that it was going to be Enzo Amore or Big Cass or something like that, that they'd do something just out there. But with NXT, I'm like, you just take, you, you take your pick, lads, because, you know, it could be whoever you want. But I think Undisputed Era is going over Go. Yeah and
0: I I agree with you as well I think uh, to make uh, the four members of the undisputed era uh, look strong uh, ahead of their matches uh, for Survivor Series. I think that uh, it makes sense for them to uh, to go over um, if, if they lose and then they're going into their championship matches on, on Sunday. Um, you know, Having come off that loss at, at War Games, I think it uh, uh, doesn't do them any good. Um, but um, yeah, I'm going to go for an undisputed era win there as well. It'll be interesting. I think that one of the most intriguing things about this match going into it is who will be that fourth member of Tommaso Ciampa's team. Um, but uh, Steve, let, let's have a, a little look at uh, the, the Survivor Series cards. So we just break down some of the, some of the key matches here mm-hmm. because we don't know the full um, the full lineup of uh, who's going to be on the NXT men's team in the five one five one five. Mm -hmm. And the same for the ladies uh, match. Um, But let's have a look at uh, the the match we've just alluded to, actually. AJ Styles, the current United States champion, going up against Shinsuke Nakamura, the intercontinental champion, going up against uh, the NXT North American champion, Roddy Strong, of course. So this is, uh, well, this is a a dream match. We spoke about dream matches throughout this episode of Wrestling with Jonas. And this is definitely up there uh, for Branson. Brand supremacy triple threat match. Now, none of the titles are on the line, um, but uh, uh, this one is, well, it might open the show because it's such a hot match uh, mm. to really get things kicked off in uh, kind of high stakes and uh, high fashion. Uh, But uh, I like the look of this match. I'm really looking forward to it. It is one of the matches that kind of jumped off the page to me and uh, gets me excited even more for the Survivor Series. Uh, I think when you look at it on paper, the obvious winner, potentially many, many might say would be AJ Styles. But um, I I think, you know, Shinsuke, he had a, you know, a, a minor cameo role on NXT this week. Um, I'd like to see him get a win on pay-per-view and I think that uh, in, a, in a really kind of hard hit, incredible match with two very, very credible opponents um, I think that uh, Shinsuke would definitely benefit the most from having the win on Sunday. So I'm going to go with Shinsuke, but uh, uh, Roderick Strong, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura who's your pick? Uh,
1: I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Shinsuke Nakamura um, just because um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of... Um, big fan of puns and i think that if shinsuke wins he will truly be the king of strong styles there uh, you go. <laughs> and strong and styles uh, so i'm gonna go with that purely because um my main pick is i don't care who wins this match i'm so excited about this match it's just gonna be phenomenal but um i'm gonna go for uh, shinsuke nakamura with that one john
0: Yeah, we both agree on that one. Uh, Obviously, we've got the five on five on fives, which uh, we've kind of, yeah, we've glossed over. But let's have a look at another brand supremacy match, and it's the Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era. So looking at this one, I I think, you know, it would have been a much more of an interesting match, especially to wrestling purists like myself and yourself had the uh, had the revival been a part of this triple threat match. However, the New Day are in there, and you know not to take anything away from the New Day. They 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 have a, a really celebrated history, and um, obviously we know that it's going to be Biggie and Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. I think Xavier Woods out injured at the moment, um, so it has all the potential to be a fantastic match. Um, but. Uh, I've got a funny feeling that the New Day are going to win this match uh, as much as I hate to say it. But um, uh, I, I really want, I think my heart wants Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley to have a win on a pay-per-view. It will be their WWE pay-per-view debut. Um, and uh, it'll be great to kind of see them uh, win at Survivor Series. However, I think that's unlikely. It wouldn't surprise me if the New Day walk away the victors. Uh, but uh, have you got any kind of different opinions to myself on this one?
1: Well, it, it's Survivor Series, uh, so I'm going for a Raw win. Uh, it is the Viking Raiders. I think there will be uh, NXT uh, wins, but I think that's going to be uh, predominantly in the May in the men's five-on-five match because I think uh, the ones that stick out to me in um, the five-on-five are the Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins on Team Raw. They one or both of them is going to. Uh, turn and become NXT or, or help NXT. So I think in the uh, the tag team supremacy match, I think the Viking Raiders are going over uh, because I just think that Vince loves Raw and last year at Survivor Series, your Raw annihilated SmackDown and I, I think um, they're going to try and do it as much as they can this year as well. And so I think the Viking Raiders are going to go over in this one because uh, I, I think again, you know, fish and O'Reilly are gonna have come off war games. Um as we've already discussed, Bobby Fish is basically made of balsa wood, so uh, so I think he's gonna snap something. Um uh, so yeah I think the I think Eric uh, Eric and Ivar are going over in this one.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you make some good points there. Uh, What about Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio? So this is all all, all stemmed uh, from a few weeks ago when Dominic got destroyed at ringside by Brock Lesnar in a highly entertaining segment. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, Obviously, it's involved Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez lost in his first ever WWE Championship match or first ever match, which uh, was a championship match um, at uh, the the Saudi show a couple of weeks back. Uh, And now you've got Rey Mysterio, who's been behind this storyline all along. And uh, this one is a no holds barred match for the WWE Championship. So expect some steel chairs and maybe some lead pipes to be involved here. Um, But uh, this is quite an intriguing match. I I I personally don't expect Rey Mysterio to win, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too surprised if we see some shenanigans possibly from his son Dominic and maybe Kenny Velasquez uh, setting up a, a pu- potential future match between Velasquez and uh, Brock Lesnar too, possibly. Um, but uh, what's your thoughts on, on this one and how you think it might go down?
1: Well, I, um, I think, I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be one of two, one, it's going to go one of two ways. I actually think he might see a, a, a Rey Mysterio win. Um, I mean, I, Based that on you know some of the dirt sheets that have suggested that the, the, that's what Vince wants and Brock was unhappy. Again, you know I take everything like that with a, a pinch of salt. So, but I think that um, uh, they may put it on uh, Ray with it being a no holes barred. I think they've at least opened up the the possibility because uh, I think it was a normal wrestling match. I couldn't have seen anything other than a, a Brock win. So I think it's either going to be a Ray uh, win or this is going to be the, the Dominic heel turn uh, and uh, that the Brock's going to win by uh, Dominic uh, turning on them. I think the Kane, Velasquez, um, potentially there might be some run-ins with that and, and certainly setting up a, a Brock and Kane match further down the line but um, but um yeah, so I'm going to sit on the fence and say it's either going to be a Rey Mysterio win or Dominic's going to turn heel uh, and we're going to see uh, the payback for all of that horrible angle he and uh, Eddie did over the custody and parenthood of, of Dominic, so I, I don't know how they're going to play it but I think you might see a Dominic turn with this one
0: That'll be really interesting. Um, How about Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler? So we've spoken quite a bit already about Becky Lynch and her appearance on NXT this week. And uh, of course, the NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler was there as well. Uh, Bailey interfered in uh, kind of the the celebrations after the main event last week and uh, kind of sets up this match quite nicely. Uh, Becky versus Bailey versus Shayna. Um, I I think uh, a lot of us wrestling purists would like Shayna to win. Um, um, is it likely? I don't know. I mean, bailey has been kind of the always forgotten competitor in this match, to be honest with you. Um, I think a lot of the, the focus and attention has been on Becky and Shayna, especially after their face-to-face uh, kind of uh, piece to camera a couple of weeks ago on Raw. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if Becky kind of wins this brand supremacy triple threat. Uh, Like I say, I'd love Shayna to to get the victory just to really propel and elevate her. Um, I think that uh, she's long overdue an appearance on on Raw or SmackDown. Um, But uh, now that NXT is now elevated to the same level, being on the USA Network, uh, I think a win for Shayna would definitely do her more favors than any of the other two. But uh, I'm going for Shayna. What about yourself?
1: Uh, I'm going for Shayna, but I'm going for Shayna by uh, interference by uh, one Ronda Rousey. Because I think this is going to be where they're going to start building up the four horsewomen of WWE against the four horsewomen of MMA. So I think Ronda's going to get involved and this is going to build up to Shayna and Jessamine Duke and uh, Marina Shafia uh, with Ronda Rousey against... Becky, Bailey, Charlotte and Sasha. So I think this is gonna be where it's gonna start. So I think that Shayna's gonna take the pinner uh, TakeOver because a uh, Survivor Series, I think you're gonna have a, uh, a Ronda heel turn uh, and that she's gonna help uh, Shayna overcome uh, Becky. You can proceed with the Becky uh, uh, program uh, with, with them. But yeah, I, I think uh, Shayna's gonna win uh, with interruption uh, uh, from uh, from
0: Ronda Rousey. Oh, fantastic! To, yeah. uh, I'd love that if that were to happen. Big fan of Ronda Rousey. I've missed yeah. her since she's been away, but uh, be good to see her uh, uh, back on our uh, back on our screens. And then, how about the, the final match uh, that we're going to talk about? So, the Fiends Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, this is a singles match for the Universal Championship. Uh, so. These two have kind of a history. I know that they've uh, they, they fought before the Royal Rumble uh, 2014. And of course, Daniel Bryan was very briefly part of the, the Wyatt stable. Now, both have kind of gone on a, a different journey since then. And of course, uh, Bray Wyatt has returned uh, in the last uh, nine or 10 months, of course, uh, with, with The Fiend's alter ego and uh yes he, he was kind of uh screwed over in a sense that hell in a Cell, but was able to get the universal championship from seth rollins at crown jewel last month uh, so this on paper looks like a really good win remember that bray wyatt is kind of adopting the old undertaker philosophy of being impervious to pain and uh but it kind of fits his character i suppose it's interesting to see the, the, the dynamic between the fiend bray wyatt and daniel bryan in this one uh, i'm quite intrigued by this one uh, I, i'm one of the biggest fans of daniel bryan love him to bits um i love the Fiend's character as well um i don't really have a, a, a favorite to be honest with you i'm just kind of interested to see how they how they play out this match and uh, how it ultimately gets to a conclusion um if there is one but uh, what's your thoughts on how you think this one might uh, end up
1: well i i think that it's it's too early for the for the fiend to uh, to take any um uh, any losses. I think the fiend is is going to defend his his title. I just um, I'm I'm one of the the ever growing uh, population of, of the community that really would just as long as they don't have that red light. As long as it's not in red light.
0: Oh I, yeah. I I, I
1: mean I, I I quite like it. You know, there's a suggestion that now the title's blue. It's going to be in blue light, which I don't think will be any better. Um. But I I, I just um, I, I just think that the the fiend is is so over at the moment. Um, I think they're going to continue with with these um, lights. But um, but I can't think of anybody better to uh, to to put against the fiend as as Daniel Bryan at the moment because again you know he's a phenomenally good uh, performer. He's so over with the crowd, but equally he doesn't sort of have that. Thing of this protected element to him. So Daniel Bryan can eat a loss and and, and it doesn't really, uh, won't really af- affect him. Um, I just hope that The Fiend, I think hopefully he has a, a long runner the, uh, w- w- with the title. And um, I'm liking the kind of storyline of him remembering the people who wronged him. So obviously we've not quite, we've not had the Randy, uh, program yet but that's that'll be coming and you've also got Rowan um, there so and maybe even Braun you know you've got all of these elements uh, I think the Fiend against Braun would be would be really good because I think that Braun has the uh, the ability and the power and, the, and all that kind of stuff but Fiend has the, the technical ability to be able to bring him through that uh, along with Bray and I think that Bray is playing an absolute blinder with this um, but but you know, I wouldn't be upset if, if, if Daniel won, but I, I just think it's going to be a really good match. Uh, and I'm a big, big fan of The Fiend, yeah.
0: Well, as we said throughout this episode, this weekend is, is going to be absolutely mega. So if you're a wrestling fan um, uh, and, you know, you love NXT and you're interested to see how the Survivor Series pans out, with the brand on brand versus brand, uh, having the NXT brand as, as part of the Survivor Series for the first time ever—it's um, it, certainly kind of intriguing as far as I'm concerned.
1: Uh-huh. If
0: you if you if you've loved the black and gold brand as much as I have and as much as Stephen has for all these years, you're going to love the Survivor Series. But uh, Takeover War games. Can't wait for that. Some really big matches. Um, looking forward to the War Games matches themselves. Looking forward to seeing if they uh, add a, a fifth match, um, uh, who the fourth person might be in Tommaso Ciampa's team. There's so many things that I'm looking forward to. Um, so many great matches. Uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed for Pete Dunne in the triple threat against uh, Killian Dane and Damian Priest. But uh, I think this weekend is going to be absolutely mega. But uh, one thing you need to do keep it tuned to the wrestling with Jona's podcast because we'll be doing full reviews of both takeover war games and survivor series over the coming days but Stephen that brings us to an end to uh episode 80 this this episode of wrestling with jonas uh, so thank you so much for being a part of this uh, this brilliant episode uh, I really hope you've enjoyed this experience and uh, we'd love to get you back on the show sometime again in the future buddy
1: excellent well thank you very much johnny it's been an absolute pleasure uh I, i'm always available to talk about wrestling uh with uh, with fine folks such as yourself john
0: superb well from myself and from Stephen, uh we hope you've enjoyed this episode in the meantime please keep tuned to the wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly nxt aw updates and of course Monthly WWE pay-per-view reviews and uh, AEW pay-per-view reviews, of course. Uh, uh, we've covered every single one of AEW's pay-per-views to date uh, and so much more. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please don't forget to spread the word. Tell your friends and tell your family. And don't forget to subscribe to the Wrestling Jonas podcast so that you don't miss out on a single episode. In the meantime, from myself and from Stephen, thank you very much for listening and catch you all again soon.